Podcast One. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. This week, yet another fascinating one, uh, the world of MarTech, marketing technology and marketing automation. We have Mike Doyle, the head of marketing at City Beach, which is a 70-store retailer based out of Brisbane, uh, and Raj Kumar, who's the managing director of The Lumery in Melbourne, which is a, a MarTech advisory firm. If you have been uh, under a rock, then you're about to come out of it. Marketing technology is now the single biggest spend on the budget for marketers, at least in the US, uh, followed by agencies and media paid media spend. So marketing technology and MarTech, as we know it, is firing up the uh, the priority lines in, in the marketing community. And Mike Doyle, you've been vocal in a financial review piece we did together uh, where you basically called out the many of the MarTech vendors for being almost snake oil salespeople. Uh, and you've had 10 years of trying to bolt in all sorts of different systems. Talk to us through just your take at the moment on, on what's going on in, in, in MarTech and for your own business and, and the broader industry. For sure. Well, I think, you know, and, and I said in that, and I, I would repeat it as well, that there, there's vendors out there that are definitely overselling the dream. So, you know, tantamount to, to snake oil salesman for sure. But the part of the responsibility sits on the brand side as well. So I think it's a we're burning the candle at both ends for lack of a better analogy. Um, and part of the challenge really is that the vendors sometimes don't know their own product particularly well, but also generally quote edge cases in terms of the performance of the platform. So everything needs to be perfect. And I don't know a single um, instance of an organization that has perfectly clean data. Uh, I mean, mm. all of this stuff is driven from insights gleaned from systems and processes that have oftentimes preceded the system being implemented to use them. So if you think about email, you know, it's fantastic to be able to use um, a really advanced platform, but if you don't have the right user information, then it's it's cobbled together with other bits and pieces and, you know, inevitably what you get on the other side is certainly a far cry from what you were sold to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, and, and also part of that is that... Um, you know, oftentimes the dream of implementation is sold at the at the signing and then it's handed off to third parties to implement or internal teams that may not have the level of expertise it takes to, to execute. So I, I stand by what I said. Um, I think there's an awful lot of overselling going on and that's, you know, and I think there's an awful lot of overbuying might be a, another way of saying it as well. Mm. Uh, great points. For those that may be coming into this, there's been a lot of talk around ad tech in the media community, but MarTech is, is sort of a new player. Unpack it for us, what, what, what it covers, what it means, at least in your world, and then we'll get to Raj. I don't know. I think the term might be relatively new, but I don't know that the concept is particularly novel in that MarTech is a, you know written on the label what's in the box. It's, it's basically marketing technology, and, and that covers a broad spectrum of different things, and as new technology is released, it kind of falls under that. I don't, I don't draw a, a very fine line around what MarTech includes. Raj, to you, is there a problem broadly with the marketing community and what they understand uh, marketing automation can do for them and uh, how it's implemented? Uh, Mike's talked a lot about um, some, of the, some of the broader issues. Are you seeing that too? Yeah, I think you know, Mike's describing something that is extremely complex you know, not to get too philosophical, right? But if we kind of step back and go, well, what is marketing? Marketing um, traditionally is 
promoting a, a product or a service. But I trust that's not Mike's job today. Um, Mike is probably responsible for growth, um, for attracting new customers, for servicing those customers, uh, for driving loyalty, um, for managing communications through a multitude of channels. Um, and so the role of the CMO or the CDO or whatever the title is, is very, very broad across the customer experience. And so even the term MarTech, you know, implies that this is just, just marketing, but it's actually, you know, ops, it's service, it's the end to end customer experience. And so the technology side of that equation, um, is in itself, again, very complex. It's very broad. When we, when we talk about MarTech to our, to our customers and to the marketplace, we start um, right you know, deep into the stack when it comes to uh, those core data repositories, those um, areas that you're collecting core customer information um, across transactional, across behavior, um, across what's happening in channel, um, and then trying to leverage that um, as you go back up into channel to communicate more effectively and more efficiently to drive an outcome. Sometimes that outcome is not to sell something. It's actually to perhaps suppress communication or it might be to provide better service. It might be to um, provide communication that isn't a traditional marketing comm. And so MarTech in itself is an extremely uh, broad and complex ecosystem. And I think, you know, Mike's touching a lot of things that we see in the industry, which is this oversimplification of what this challenge actually is. Um, and then what that, what happens from a I guess a, a vendor perspective or a sales perspective is that um, this solution starts to become oversimplified um, and we're underestimating what is required from a resource perspective, a skill set, processes, ways of working, organizational structure um, in, in terms of what's required to make this come to life. Um, and, and it's a lot of work um, and it's not easy and it takes significant amount of investment, not actually in technology, the technology bit's the easier part. Everyone can go out and buy great tech. There's great tech everywhere. The harder bit is the capability that an organization chooses to build around that technology. And ultimately, that's competitive advantage. That's what's going to help a brand stand out from another brand. It's not the technology they choose. Raj, why are we there though? Why do we have this oversimplification? And, and, and Mike pointed to it in terms of there's a little bit of overbuying as well. Why are we there and where, where is it going? I think it's pressure. I think it's pressure from um, the need to deliver results very, very quickly. So, you know, we start at um, the top, we start at the executive level and there's a need to drive more revenue, more profit um, in shorter time periods. Um, that, that pressure is ultimately um, pushed down into uh, usually the CMO or a, or a chief data office or, or, or that sort of function. And they're looking for solutions. They're looking for help. Um, and so, you know, the promise of MarTech, the promise of marketing technology is these great solutions, these great systems that marketers can use to do their jobs better, um, to automate the tasks that they previously had to do manually, uh, to deliver on the enormous growth that they're now tasked to drive. So they're looking for solutions. And unfortunately, I think the industry as a whole, whether it's vendors, the consultants, the agencies, I think we've all played a part in really underestimating and oversimplifying the challenge that's in front of most CMOs and most CDOs and most marketers. And we need to start being honest about what this actually takes and the amount of change an organization needs to go through, especially if they're starting on this journey 
um, relatively uh, in a relatively new way in terms of the rest of the organization doesn't necessarily leverage data or technology to, to derive insight and to make decisions. If that fundamentally isn't happening anywhere else in the org, then there's more significant process and cultural changes that, that have to occur that no piece of technology is ever going to solve. One of the interesting things, and, and it's pretty obvious when you actually start to talk to most of the vendors that are selling some of the bigger pieces of, of um, MarTech software, you know, the, the thin edge of that wedge is the easiest one to get through the door. So you end mm. up with, okay, well, you know, we're going to buy this email platform. The email platform is going to send out what we're doing now, but it'll do it more efficiently and layer on some fancy bits on the side. And what you quickly discover is that, like, that literally just sends emails. Like, it, I can't interrogate my database. I can't look at some key metrics. I can't, you know, send these other kinds of communications out of the platform. So th there's this kind of weird thing where it's like, you know, the thin end of the wedge is like they get in and they sell it. And then it's like, well, now that you've bought this, you're going to want these other things. So I think like they're selling in the idea and then they're selling the rest of the, pro the product suite that comes with it, which is the fat end of the wedge, which probably actually makes them a whole bunch of money. Mm. On, on the other side of things, like we need to move to a model where that's no longer even a consideration like you just need to have your backyard cleaned up enough that you could unplumb x and plumb in y you know within a within a month and turn over a whole new leaf with a, a new piece of martech so raj i want to come to you uh, about this one I, I talked to a, a cmo a couple of weeks ago who there's a bit of face saving going on here i think uh, mike touched on it where they've invested a lot of money in these systems and then they've got to show a return on it and the pressure is now on because they're not getting the return that they thought they would for the cost, the capex and the cost of the ongoing cost of running some of these these systems. Uh, how, how common is that? What we're seeing, what we're really encouraging people to do is build out those use cases and ask yourself, why are you buying this technology or technologies? Because let's not get confused. MarTech is a, a lots of different components. It's not one platform. You can't go buy one thing and it does everything. That doesn't exist. There's lots of different parts that kind of make up the ecosystem. So what are you trying to solve for? Who's going to care? Um, what is your customer impact? What is your business impact? What are the things that are going to prove to you that you've made the right decision? And on top of that, what is the value that you're hoping to drive? How do you measure the success of this particular platform and having that open transparent this is exactly what we're trying to drive let's let's set the expectation means you hopefully don't get a year in 18 months in looking back saying oh actually um we need to we need to get um into gear here because we're not driving what we thought we would well what was it did you have that conversation at that point or did you get caught up in the hype of this amazing great platform, this, this amazing tool, this, this, this great conference. Um, and you got kind of, you know, excited versus doing the real, the real homework and, and, and making sure that the, your strategy and your pathway to success was very, very, uh, locked down. Let me ask about the allocation of resources, Mike. So there was a, a story that was on MI3 a couple of weeks ago at a can where, uh, we quoted a marketer, an unnamed marketer, for, <laughs> which will become clear why, who, who said uh, our tech stack, sorry, most brands only use 20% of the tech stack they pay for. You have to question whether our money is being best spent in that area. Another quote from the, from the same story says, our tech stack costs us about $3 million a year to run. My marketing budget hasn't grown by $3 million. That money has come straight out of media advertising. 
uh, we're focusing less on traditional creative work and spending less on media to run the Martech um, to run their Martech uh, program. Now, in terms of uh, resource and allocation, what is going on? Um, what are you guys both seeing in terms of where the money's coming from to fund this, and is it coming out of other marketing areas to do the Martech thing properly? So the shift in spend is largely what we're seeing anyway is largely a shift from perhaps marketing um, spend that was done in traditional channels, uh, perhaps that media budget, perhaps advertising. But but really, this is this is not a project. This isn't a uh, let's go do Martech for six months um, and we will uh, we'll, we'll finish that project and we'll move on to something else. If we think about where our consumers are, where customers are consuming content information it's through digital channels in order to be able to really communicate to those customers effectively. It requires you to have a, a stranglehold on, on data and technology, which is, which is the promise of Martech. So, so this is, this is BAU. This is how things should be done. And an organization has to kind of sign up to that fact and then be able to invest in it, which may mean obviously shifting investment from other areas because no one has finite amounts of money or infinite amounts of money. Sorry. Um, but that has to be part of the exec decision-making and it's not a quick fix. It's not something you'll see in three months. It has to be a change that you're willing to go down over the next X period, which might be years. Now, to Mike's earlier point, I think one of the things that a lot of people get caught up into is um, long-term strategic planning and thinking about what happens in 18 months, which is important. But more important is the iterative uh, nature of, of driving results and seeing success quickly. So what are we doing next week? What are we doing next month? Um, how do we know that we're on the right track so that we can pivot uh, before it's too late? We can make changes in our strategy. We can shift our decisions um, because we're constantly looking at the metrics that help us make that decision. Great points there. Mike, what has happened specifically in your case uh, with your marketing technology investment versus your other uh, communications uh, allocation? Yeah, well, in contrast to the the unnamed marketer, um, the reality is that well, in, in kind of in line with everything I've been saying, I, I'm I'm a big fan of being super transparent. So, you know, when we're shifting money into systems and pos- in, in trying to spend cash on things that will improve our user experience or our ability to communicate at a personalized level, which, you know, I know there's some controversy about personalization as well, but um, f- for for me, it's it's a numbers game. So if you're moving out of traditional media, it's because you're able to track your spend and results to a, to a finer level of detail. Um, and you wouldn't move out of things that were working for you if you could track them. So if all of a sudden you were spending money on something that was working and you had to turn that off and start spending it on a system that didn't deliver you the equivalent ROI, someone's got to take notice of that. You know, if, if not, then you know, let me know when they're hiring because you can do anything you want. So I, I can't speak to the example that you've given, but it seems like something horribly wrong is happening over there for a multitude of reasons. And, and I don't think that you know, MarTech or you know, the failure of the traditional media um, stack is, is part of that. I think there's something else going on. And, which... and maybe just to add to that, I think you know, the, the concept that um, MarTech is costing this much, well, what's it making? And, and if you can't have that conversation then clearly something's going to miss uh, because it's not the cost. Like, you know, marketing is arguably a revenue driving center. So what's it making? How are we shifting things forward? Um, and if that's, you know, you're unable to report on that, well, I think 
um, there's a bit more work to do in regards to how you're leveraging that your, your, your most valuable asset, which is data. Some final words of advice. If there was a couple of key pointers for, for the market, um, what would they be, uh, Raj? And, and we'll, we'll finish with you, Mike. Uh, yeah, for me, it's, um, it's spending less time thinking about what you're going to buy technology-wise and more time thinking about um, how you're going to use it, the, the change that is required to, uh, to happen, uh, the people and the skill set that you need to build, uh, the processes that you need to put in place, because uh, again, arguably, all of the combination of all of that is what we, what will make you successful. It's not it's not just a technology decision. Of course, you have to buy good technology. Of course, you have to work with people that you want to work with. And I think Mike is fortunate enough to have found um, a vendor that 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 you know they're, they're quite aligned, which is fantastic. But um, it's it's the rest of it that makes it successful. So spend more time on the capability. Um, of the organisation. Thanks, Raj. Uh, Mike, to your marketing peers and colleagues, uh, what profound wisdom do you have? I guess really if I were to look to something like an analogy. So the first question I would have or first statement thing to examine for my peers would be what you have to pick whether you're in the driver's seat or if you're in the back seat. So from um, an organisational perspective, you might be somewhere in the middle, but I think it's important to understand where you sit within that. So whether you're going to take the 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 forward-facing front line and use MarTech to try and deliver some of the solutions or if actually you're going to be a service part of your business. So you're going to take some of the requirements and try and implement them. So, you know, you need to be in the driver's seat or the back seat. The second one would be um, you need to have a map. So like another beautiful analogy here is like where, where are you trying to go as an organization and what is your role within that? So are you going to be the navigator? Are you going to be part of this? Um, or actually are you just you know, a bystander. Um, and third one really is you need to be prepared to take some wrong turns. Um, part of that is that, you know, we need to have extreme accountability within some of this stuff. So you need to be able to know that you have an organization that will support you if you've made a mistake. Now, those do happen. We all, we are human and we're buying things that we may not entirely know um, the extent of which they're going to work. So I think that's that's important to say at the outset, but also like, you know, to admit to it when it's wrong and don't throw good money after bad. Um, and then finally, you know, to round out the beautiful car analogy here, um, who who is in your car? So who's in your team? You know, I, I've said, and I'll continue to say that the majority of the, the success that I'm seeing within uh, City Beach is really driven from an exceptional group of people. There, there's you know, broadly about 12 to 15, depending on how, how you want to count that. Um, there's there's a group of people that are especially connected to the MarTech space that are doing exceptional work. Um, but we've got exceptional vendors, which again, doesn't seem to be the norm, but we've picked well and I can't recommend some of the guys that we work with highly enough. Um, but then in the car are also internal stakeholders and you need to understand what they're doing as part of this journey as well. So are they are they your advocates? Do you need to bring some people along for the journey in a different way? Um, and what kind of communication do you need to put back through that ecosystem to support your ongoing objectives? So, you know, pick your seat, have a map, be prepared to take some wrong turns, and then, uh, you know, understand who who's on that, on that journey with you because some people are going to get car sick and you might need to kick them out. So I'm welcome... A, you know, a conversation with my peers as well, because I don't know what some of the challenges that they're facing, but I'm sure that they're they're unique, and maybe some of the things that we're doing can help, and you know, some of the things they're doing can help me. We could talk about that all week, gents, but um, we're out of time. So uh, go to mi-3.com.au to see the full text version, and we will see you next week. 
MI3 Audio Edition was presented by Paul McIntyre and created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Nick Slater. Music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au or search MI3 Audio Edition on Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button to get a free notification every time we release a new episode. Listener.